0: Welcome to another NL Full-Time podcast with myself, Rob Worrell, pleased to be hosting this week. We've got an unusual lineup this week, not unusual in that they've both been on before, albeit one of them just uh, as an audio guest, but uh, we've got none of my other normal regular team members, so Joe couldn't make it, Luke's busy at uh, a women's football match just down the road in uh, in Manchester from where he lives, um, and... Uh, We've got no Dickie as well. Dickie is almost an ever present. But I've got some excellent guests lined up anyway. And I'm delighted to be joined because the FA Cup takes center stage in our uh, pod this weekend by Mr. FA File himself, uh, Phil Annett.
1: Yeah, yeah, great. Great to be with you all again, Rob. I look forward to a good chat.
0: Yeah, excellent. Great to have you on as always when the FA Cup comes around. And he uh, came on as a guest after the last round. We had a little chat with him. And then bearing in mind his team's still in the FA Cup as we speak, it's the Chelmsford press officer, Ben Parks. Uh, hi, Ben.
2: Yeah, great to be on, Rob. Yeah, it was a, a great afternoon yesterday in, in the 92nd minute with the equaliser from Charlie Ruff. A good day for the National League South teams. A lot of them got through.
0: Yeah, there was a really some really good progression. Um, and we'll obviously take a closer look at that Chelmsford game in a short while. But, um We're going to start with what I've categorised anyway as the giant killings in the FA Cup um, first round. And before I um, kick on any further, Phil, I want to come to you. What I heard in my ears doing sort of radio coverage yesterday, I heard an awful lot of mentions of the first round proper or proper or, you know, I didn't do it because my gut was telling me that you've said previously, there's no such thing as the first round. Is that right?
1: Well, I mean, officially, it is the first round proper. That is, is it? The actual phys- actual name for this round, uh, despite the fact that it is the seventh round of the competition. Um, but it is defined as the first round. It, is the first, it was introduced in 1888 when the first time they had qualifying rounds and they put it in there as a distinction between qualifying for the competition and actually playing. And it's, It just...
0: Uh, it's just feels like such an insult to those teams, mm. one or two of which you, you know, as you know, have already come from yeah. five, six, or seven rounds. You know,
1: I think it does. I mean, I, I, I would be, I would prefer it to be known as the seventh round. But actually, it also does have a flip side where it does highlight an opportunity to highlight the lower level clubs um, in, you know, having worked their way through to the first round. So it's like if it had been a seventh round, it may not get mentioned. So obviously, that these clubs have had such journeys. So. Know, whilst I agree with you in principle, I think there was a good side there to it that does help bring focal point to these clubs.
0: Now, I was going to decide with which game we kicked off, Phil, but I'm going to give you that honour because, in terms of differential of league placings, what was the biggest? (laughs) I mean, Alva Church, of course, aside, fantastic result for them at the weekend. But uh, in terms of National League clubs, what was the biggest league placing differential in terms of any team that progressed? On Saturday or Sunday? In terms
1: of progressing, okay. Well, I'm I'm never very good, I have to say, on uh, the number of spaces between teams. It's something I just don't record um, because it can change uh, over the years. Uh, But, you know, obviously the biggest standout National League victory is Chippenham Town. Um, A 1-0 win over Lincoln City, who we know recently were giant killers of themselves uh, only four or five years ago. Um, A fantastic win for Chippenham. First time they've ever made it into the second round of the FA Cup in what is their 108th FA Cup campaign, which actually uh, sets a new competition record for how long it's taken a club to make it for their first appearance in the second round.
0: Fantastic so, achievement for Chippenham. Joe Hanks with the goal just before half-time, and that was enough to beat Lincoln. I did see a Lincoln equaliser flash up on one of my score apps, but it was quickly ruled out again. Um, So, the Chippenham progressed, and that's obviously a three-league differential. And I was very, very fortunate on Saturday, because with all the beaten by Ben's team, Chelmsford, in the first round, they didn't have a game. And uh, luckily for me, I did get given a game, and it was League Two Sutton United, of course, with their own FA Cup pedigree. Um, Magnificent achievements in recent years. Against Farnborough, who... In the reincarnation of Farnborough, if you like, the new club's history, the uh, first round proper was the fir- you know it's the first time they've actually made that uh, stage of the cup, um, and I must admit, as I sat watching on um, on Saturday, eighty four minutes gone, I think nil nil, um, and I thought, well, well, well done, Farmer, you deserve the replay that you're likely to get, but no, Farmborough had other ideas, didn't they? Um, Two forwards came on, fresh legs towards the end. They both scored. Uh, Michael Fernandez and then um, Franny Amate on loan from Aldershot. Um, and it was a fantastic, fantastic victory, wasn't it, um, Phil, for Farnborough? Um, I should come to you, actually, uh, Ben, as well as a National League South uh, club. What an achievement from Farnborough to, to not just go and maybe grind out a draw at Sutton, but find a way to win it later on. Sutton
2: had a great great FA Cup run a few years ago, didn't they? So they're, they're used to doing the, the giant killing. So it's, it's unusual for them to be the sort of, the one that's having it done to them. So, it's, you know, Farnborough, we've played them away already this year. We've beaten 1-0, but they were very good, to be fair, considering their league position. They played some good football. Um, they missed a penalty in the first half. Uh, our goalie, well, come on to Ovieja Um saved a penalty in the first half half against and we had to ride out a storm we scored six minutes in the end to to win 1-0 but we were sort of a bit stunned of how we won really so Farnborough can play but I think the the, the couple of the players that came on didn't play against us I think they loaned out Amate and he's come back again so a good decision by Spencer Day to bring him back in I think
0: yeah I think he was dropped for that game he's on loan from Aldershot's Uh, Just for a month initially, but he scored in both of the last two rounds of the FA Cup and in Farnborough's history, Uh, Phil, that's a phenomenal achievement, isn't
1: it? It certainly is. I mean, it's actually 20 years since uh, Farnborough Town went on their fantastic run to the fourth round. Uh, So good, good anniversary, I guess. But uh, I've seen them already in the FA Cup this season winning quite easily at Swindon Supermarine. And I think they are the top scorers of the club still standing in the competition. So it doesn't surprise me that they scored. Um, But, yeah, apparently they they, they deserve their victory. If you were there, you'd be able to confirm that. But fantastic for them to uh, get through to the second round for the first time in their current guise.
0: Yeah, and after the game, immediately after the game, actually as he was leaving the pitch and before he could escape down the tunnel I caught up with Farnborough striker that scored the winning goal Michael Fernandez. Michael the first of those two goals the crucial goal for you you've knocked Sutton United out and Farnborough are into the second round for the first time in their history just describe how you feel right now
3: I'm buzzing for the team after that goal went in so I, do, I thought I was going to have a heart attack my heart couldn't stop pouncing honestly but we held in there got the second goal that's what I'm most happy about we've done well we held in there first half second half started getting a bit tough they started throwing a few more bodies on but that goal changed everything, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy for the boys.
0: And just while everybody might have been wondering, could Farmra hang on to that precious one-goal lead, you go and score again. What a moment for Franny Amate.
3: Yeah, so buzzing for him. He'd been dropped for this game. Didn't start, but he come on and the gaffer that he, he can do it. And run off the game. Killed it. Fantastic
0: effort. And What about a word for the 400 or so Farmra fans that have supported your side today?
3: Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant fans. Jumping. Absolutely buzzing. Didn't stop. Loudest team in here. And I'm so happy with them. Thank you for travelling, fans, into the next round. And what about Michael Fernandez? Who would you like in the next round? Anyone at, at the moment, anyone. I don't mind. Big game. I just, I just love the big games. I want to soak it all in. So Fan- let's just see. Fantastic. And uh, of
0: course, a lot of, pl- a lot of players, managers, chairman want home ties. But you've proved you can come on the road to a League Two side today, and you equip yourselves really, really well throughout the match.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Coming away, we don't mind. We can do it at home, even better. But way, we still got to come in and do it. And that's what I love about this this club.
0: That was Michael Fernandez, and a fantastic day for Farnborough. We'll wait and see who they draw in the second round. And probably for me, along with uh, Chippenham and uh, Farnborough, probably taking joint top honours as a third team, I've got to look at Kings Lynn, um, who went up to Doncaster and uh, also, uh, you know, Proven to, to, to find another giant killing, uh, Phil. Um, tell us a little bit about Kings Lynn's history in the FA Cup. Where does that stand for them?
1: Well, obviously, they have another team like Farnborough, about to uh, start again as a new guy. So, Kings in town, uh, that 1 0 win at Doncaster means that they equal their best run to the second round, which they did about uh, two or three years ago. Um, in the previous guys, like Farnborough, they've got as far as the fourth round back in the 60s. Um, but for the current incarnation, that's a fantastic win away um, from a club two levels above them. And uh, apparently they deserve their victory as well. With, uh, Doncaster definitely will help sorts from what I've read. Um, and Kings Lynn, yeah, they'll be looking to time it the third round for the first time.
0: Yeah, so well done to uh, Kings Lynn keeping a clean sheet away at Doncaster and, and getting the job done there. Um, another National League side that progressed against DFL opposition was Chesterfield. You might argue that Chesterfield's a club of equal size or maybe a bigger, bigger club than Northampton, but they are where they are and Northampton are where they are too. Uh, and Armando Dobra goal on 14 minutes saw Chesterfield progress there in, in what was perhaps one of the games that you might have picked out where you might see a shock. And another one of those, of course, involved two sides from the National League. Um, Ebsfleet from the National League South and Halifax from uh, the National League. Um, poor start to the season for Halifax. They've improved of late, but Ebbsfleet uh, Ben have been like a well old machine all season, and it was business as usual for them as they uh, put Halifax to the sword two-one.
2: Yeah, obviously Ebbsfleet. I think they're probably gutted they didn't go up last year, and there were sort of minutes of getting away from promotion, uh, getting promotion from, and then lost to Dorking in the in the playoffs. So they're sort of on a mission to put that right this year, it looks like. We were actually supposed to play fleet uh, on Saturday in the in the league, uh, which would have been a, a good game. Uh, but obviously, we both made the first round of the Cup. So, because of fixture congestion for both teams, it's now in January. <laughs> That's the earliest we can fit it in. But it looks like Fleet deserved the win. They had 15 shots to four. Um, Halifax had a sending off as well in the second half a sort of a, a national league side in waiting, really. I think it's um, if anyone finishes above them, they're going to win the the national league south. I think.
0: Yeah, that's a great shout. I, I would concur with that from what I've seen and heard. Toby Edser uh, on the score sheet again. He's having a really good season in front of goal uh, from midfield, and Rakesh Bingham, who's so impressed me on a couple of occasions that I've seen him. And Phil, I think that's a. Uh, uh, a furthest they've gone situation again isn't it with
1: Epsley? Well it, it, it's the first time the club made the second round for 19 years but 19 years ago they were still known as Greg's End and North Fleet. so in this instance they are I believe a continuous club so yeah it, it isn't the best run for them but it's the first time they've managed to get through to the second round under their current name and they'd had quite a few first round appearances in the last 19 years and it, it did look like they were never ever going to make it there but Um, yes they have done well this year and their home form is fantastic in the league and they've just carried that forward into the FA Cup.
0: Well looking now at the sides that um, have earned decent replays if you like in the first round let's start with the freshest result of them all one that's just come in in the last uh, 15-20 minutes or so as we started to record this and it's another triumph for Gary time isn't it Torquay United struggling at the foot of the National League of course they They bounced back with a superb six-goal victory against Aldershot uh, in midweek. But uh, they played at home to Derby County. It was a plum draw, a magnificent draw. Found themselves a goal down just before the half-hour mark from uh, uh, William Asula. Um, And uh, despite what would have been a rallying cry from Gary Johnson at halftime, they'd probably come straight out and uh, conceded again to the same player. However, 10 minutes into the second half, Uh, Aaron Cashin was sent off for uh, Derby County and that gave a little chink of light to uh, Torquay United. As a result of that, Asa Hall tucked away uh, a penalty and then it looked like Torquay were going to go out. But one thing we've always got to allow for is Gary time and Will Goodwin popped up 90 plus five to earn Torquay a replay and no doubt keep Gary Johnson in a job for another month or two at least. If only we had Joe on to uh, to talk about it. We 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 don't, but uh, I'll come to you on this one, Phil. Um, that's a big achievement, isn't it? I know they're not through yet, but just to earn themselves uh, a replay at Pride Park—that's fantastic for Torquay and Gary Johnson.
1: Oh, it, it is. I mean, and, and well deserved too, because they were they were, they were, they were battering Derby in the last quarter of an hour and had come close on two or three occasions to getting level. So it was fantastic to see that goal go in and to give them a chance now to go up to Derby. Uh, again, it may get picked as a TV game because not many replays, so another chance to earn a bit of money as well. And, uh, you know, it, it won't be easy for Derby, even even though they are the higher team at home, because uh, Torquay will, will have their tails up for that game.
0: We'll come to you now, Ben. Uh, Chelmsford, who, of course, I mentioned earlier, progressed against National League opposition in the fourth qualifying round. You drew away to Barnet, and I guess... Just coming into uh, yesterday's game, you would have wondered what you were in, in store for because you'll have seen Barnett's crazy results this season, losing 7-5 at, at Wrexham um, and, and being involved in a lot of high-scoring games. How did you feel going into yesterday's tie? Because Chelmsford are on a good run, aren't they? Uh, you can tell me what the stat is on, on how many games unbeaten
2: it is now. Uh, yeah, well, I think we've only lost two of 18 this season or maybe 19 now. After Saturday, so, um, and one of those was a 4-3 thriller against Haven, who were right up there in the league. So, that was, you know, as good a loss as you could ever have, I suppose, if, if losing is ever enjoyable. But, um, yeah, it was, you know, they'd lost 3-0 at home to South End on Tuesday night. Apparently, they were, they were pretty poor. Um, Glenn Pennyfather, our old manager, said that, that he went, he was um, commentating for BBC Essex for Southend's Game and he wasn't impressed with them. Um, and we won Tuesday night at Bath one-nil, which is you know not a nice place to go on a, a long journey on a Tuesday night from Essex down to Somerset. But we came back with a one-nil. So yeah, we we're sort of you know ex- excited going into it, thinking we've already beaten one National League side. I looked at Aldershot had beaten Barnet already this year. So if we, I thought if we can beat Aldershot, we can beat Barnet. You know if that <laughs> if that sort of s- sequence works out. With, with that um, con- with that yeah, conquers
0: conquers mentality, yeah. We beat them. They beat yeah. them. We're the champions of the world. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, but yeah, I think we had a bit of an, we had a bit of a nervy start. Um we can they had a disallowed goal in the first minute, but Laurie Walker, former a keeper, was pulled off a group saved in the first half from Simeon Jackson and Cameron James. Um but our keeper on loan from Arsenal Wavier, uh, Jaheri pulled off a, 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 a brilliant save in the first half to deny them from a corner um, and then we conceded just going into the second half four minutes into the second half good cross in the right wing Kabamba, big striker gets off around the back post they head it down and there's a right back in the penalty area to, to tap it in or a good finish into the top corner and then they sort of it looked like it was only be a matter of time. before it was 2-0, really. They had shot after shot. We sort of had the odd flurry on the counter-attack and then didn't think it was coming, but Rob Robbie Simpson made a change, a couple of changes. Um, went from a th- four at the back to a three at the back, took off Jazzy Barn and Bob the right-back, brought on Carl de Costa. put sort of three or four up front. 92nd minute, Simpson's telling our keeper to get up. <laughs> He he makes the halfway line, the corners come in, and Charlie Russ diving header um, in the middle of the goal and sparks wild celebration. But, you know, um, I think Barnett must be sick because they played well in the second half. They they did play well, I thought. Typical Dean Brennan team passed it around really well. Um, Dale Gorman Mm -hmm. in midfield I thought was brilliant. Um, he sort of ran the show for them from midfield dictate, and Jaheim was was brilliant
0: yeah well done Chelmsford fantastic result and what a month or so really for Charlie Ruff um, got uh, the key goal against Aldershot he's got the key goal here to earn the replay uh, scored a couple of goals as well in the month during the league as well um,
2: so really well done Chelmsford he was released by Barnett as a youngster so that made it even more sweeter for him
0: Ch- just on Chelmsford I know they've had a little bit of history in the FA Cup because uh, one or two people in the bar up at uh, Chelmsford were telling me about that um, uh, last time they had a good run, Ben. I think um, you drew Gateshead away or something. It was a long trip up north away, wasn't it?
2: Lost 2-0 at Gateshead. The last time we, we won a game or sort of uh, in, the, in the first round was 2012 when we famously beat Colchester United in um, 3-1 at home to get through into the second round. But we got with three years in a row. We made the second round, 2010, 2011, 2012. So we had a good recent run. The first time we were ever in it as Chelmsford City, we made the fourth round, and we've never done as well since. Back in yeah. 1938. I think yeah. There that, you go. That, that that
1: that run to the fourth round by Chelmsford City is a record for a club in terms of how far they went in their very first campaign since. Uh, since the qualifying rounds were put in place. uh, uh, Well, no, since since the structure was changed in 1925 to reflect that uh, league teams didn't come into the first round and top flight teams didn't come into the third round. So that's a record that Chelmsford City currently hold. And uh, I can't see it getting beaten, if I'm being honest.
0: Well, there we go. A stat-off between Ben and (laughs) Phil there, live for your to-delect listeners. One or two other teams that earned themselves decent replays, filed. Uh, they came back uh, with a, a relatively late equaliser from Tom Walker to equalise uh, Mikhail Mandron's goal for Gillingham. So uh, they get a replay as well. Solihull Moors played Hartlepool. And uh, as they so often do, Solihull Moors, when things don't go their way, they find a way to get a draw. And they came from behind twice. Ironically, it was Josh Umera playing in the National League last season who put Hartlepool ahead. Andrew Dallas equalised Jack Hamilton put Hartlepool ahead and then six minutes from time, the uh, inimitable uh, Joe Sabara got on the score sheet for Solihull. So they've earned themselves uh, a draw and they go up to Hartlepool in the replay. Um, and uh, Curzon on Sunday, fantastic performance from them to hold League One Cambridge United to a nil-nil draw. Uh, and one other side that earned themselves a replay against the EFL opposition... And you were there to tell us all about it, Phil.
1: Yes, indeed I was. Yeah, my first uh, visit down to Weymouth FC to see them take on EFL two-side, AFC Wimbledon, who we know have just started to show some good form. And uh, in awful, atrocious conditions, pouring down with rain throughout the whole game, um, Weymouth looked nervous at the start and uh, Wimbledon took the game to them and it was no surprise to see them score early on and it... uh, you know, if, if things had gone a little bit differently, it could have actually had two or three more and would have run away with it. But uh, the second half was a completely different story altogether. It was basically Weymouth just taking the game to, to Wimbledon throughout. And uh, it, it, they deserved, I think, to, to win, never mind, just to to get the draw. And I've, been, I've been shouting at them all game to play low balls into the into the area because of the conditions were just perfect. You know, when they got a free kick, just skim it along the ground but they were floating them all in and then they had one just in front of the goal about uh, 25 to 28 29 yards out and uh, two players lined up to take it and I think it was a guy called uh, Rose I don't know his first name unfortunately Hakeem uh, Akeem, and uh, I think he he was about to come off I think I saw his number was on the board ready to come off and uh, he slammed a, a a low drive and the ball jumped and he went under the wall and goalkeeper maybe should have done better but it was a, a, a fantastic goal and they could have gone on to win as I said and they were unlucky not to do so and you know they, they, they'll fancy the chances at Wimbledon even though it will be a difficult task uh, to raise their game again but well done
2: to them they haven't they haven't had a home league win all season Weymouth so I think they've only got two points at home in the league both right. draw. so their their form at home has been. Terrible, but just going on the conditions might have been the reason why there were so many upsets this weekend because the weather was so bad, wasn't it? Just raining everywhere, and it sort of caused sort of muddy pitches, slide defenders sliding all over the place, and that sort of maybe was the reason why there was a few more shocks than normal.
0: Yeah, it could be a factor. Although uh, at this round, at this stage, Phil, we uh, we, we tend to get. Um, we tend to get a good half a dozen, at least, sort of shocks each yeah, each time, yeah. and if you if you uh, add into that the replays, you say you're well, in, well into double figures on this occasion in terms of uh, cup sets or giant killings.
1: Yeah, I mean I can't recall a number of cup set records are, but I know that uh, the, the, the most time most non-league clubs to get through to the second round in any season since since the current structure is 14, um, and I think we've got 10 through so far, um, with a potential I think of. 15 or
0: 16. Uh, 16 is, yeah, 16 yeah. is the possibility. If, so, if, all,
1: yeah. if they all come through. So, yes, uh, yes it's, a, it's a good year-ish. But, you know, if it stops at 10, it will be just like an average year. But Because it, it, it's all happened in one Saturday, it feels like more than normal.
0: I mean, just looking at those six National League sides that have learned replays against high-level opposition... I probably put Solihull Moors as my favourite to progress from those. They've got to go up to Hartlepool, but they're well equipped, and I I don't think there'll be a, a huge chasm of difference between those those two sides. But um, looking at other National League sides that have progressed and perhaps haven't been near the the, the top of the bill for us, just because they played against other um, non-league sides, Boreham Wood they progressed in the end uh, comfortably enough against Eastleigh, George Broadbent Lee and Love and uh, Zach Brunt scoring for Borehamwood, uh, Charlie Carter replying for Eastleigh. Um But um, uh, Buxton played Mertha, Tipville, and came through. Of course, Buxton, uh, a Na- National League North side now, and uh, they progressed against uh, Mertha um, 2-0. Um, and Dagenham benefited from a, a red card um, at Maidenhead, but went on to win 1-0 and any team ever going to uh, Alan Devonshire's Maidenheads um, and winning, you know, that's always a good result. Josh Walker with a goal, nine minutes from time. Wilder de Havilland sent off for Maidenhead uh, in that one. And then Wrexham uh, played Oldham uh, today, Sunday, as we record this, and progressed without uh, too much of a um, concern, really. Another couple of goals for Paul Mullin after Sam Dalby had uh, put them ahead. So 3-0 in the end for Wrexham, ending uh, Oldham's hopes in Mm. the National League. Um, Throw it open to you both. Any other games you want to touch on or any other uh, interesting facts or stats? We'll start with you, Phil.
1: Yeah, well, just really on those games you just covered off as a small number of stats about them. Um, Wrexham, it's the first time they've made the second round in four years. Uh So that's uh, uh, obviously a sign of the times for that club to go so well. Uh, for Buxton, it's the second time in two successive seasons they've made the second round. And, and in their long history in the FA Cup, that's the very first time they've managed to achieve getting so far in the competition in successive years. So that's another milestone for them. Uh, I think the one that uh, I know all the Maidenhead United fans would be dreading me coming up with is that it's another missed opportunity for them to get back to the second round. Um, it's now 136 years since they last appeared in the second round and they've had many first round appearances in the last few seasons. And I don't think they've had a better chance than this year to uh, get that hoodoo off their back. And it's a, it's a real shame for them uh, that, uh, that that's gone. But I suppose in, on a flip side, if they'd won, I would only be going on about how it's 141 years since the last mid to third round. So it may not be such bad news.
0: Good stuff, Phil. And Ben, any other tyres that caught your eye? Any, any sort of nearly men? Any gallant losers
2: that you want to pick out? I was surprised about Taunton um, getting beat so heavily. They're normally very strong defensively. They've only conceded 15 in 14 league games, and they got beat 6-0 at MK Dons. They aren't pulling up many trees in League One, um, but they conceded a free kick after six minutes that went through the wall, and then they they went 2-0 down early on but then, second half starts and they go 3-0 down within three minutes and it's just it's an uphill battle after that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, fantastic.
2: I, I just wanted to say well done to Chippenham and when we've got a, a good relationship with them about what happened in a, a game against them in August when Pablo Martinez uh, collapsed and uh, we had to you know, that was a, a sort of a, a moment where both teams came together so well done to Chippenham. It was no surprise they won at home, very strong at home. They kicked down the slope and the half put you under pressure um good finish from joe hanks the back hill and they did really well they've got the eighth best home record in the league but their their away record is poor so if we get them in the second round i want them at melbourne rather than at chippenham <laughs>
0: uh, uh, york city made uh, a good fist of their tie at shrewsbury they went down two one in the end all the goals coming in the first half two of them bang on half time as well and uh, Uh, Other than that, uh, there were a few other non-National League sides, of course, that went out against EFL opposition. Perhaps worthy of note, Gateshead as well. They came back from 2-0 down at home to Stevenage. Goals from Harris and Conte got them back in it. But uh, uh, it was to be uh, a 3-2 win in the end for Stevenage, who had Jordan Roberts sent off late on. But Luke Norris got the winner in that one. Oxford City went out 3-1. At uh, Fleetwood, uh, that was another side from the National League to uh, dip out. Um, but all well, in all, as, was-
2: as, 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 a, as a fellow commentator, Rob, you might—it was a good commentator's curse on the BBC highlights on Oxford's game. The co-commentator says, uh, "We need to—they—they they need to keep this set piece out—and then the, they take the corner and it goes in." So. Ah. <laughs> Market commentator's curse in the Ox- BBC Oxford there
0: yeah I often I, I get very defensive as a commentator about what is a commentator's curse sometimes <laughs> when you, you 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 know you let's let's say for example you know if I'm commentating on all the shot and, and 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 maybe they're I don't know perhaps they're one nil up and it's coming up towards half time and then it go the board goes up for two added minutes and regular listeners will know that that's a very, very nervy time for all the Shot Town uh, supporters because they do tend to, or in previous seasons, they've conceded a lot in that period. Now, if you mention that, what you're actually doing is you, you're preparing people for the fact that that might happen. If it then happens for me, that's, that's a commentator's win, <laughs> not a commentator's curse. But uh, <laughs> um, Trust me it, as a commentator, as you well know, um, When your team win, it's a great commentary. And when they lose, they'll have a go at you for anything they want. (laughs) (laughs) Woking, of course, should have played Oxford United. And uh, we await news when that will go. Um, So let's um, draw a line under the FA Cup and wish all the National League sides involved in replays uh, good luck in those replays. And we wish all those sides that progressed... um, well in the second round and when's the draw Phil it'll be sometime on Monday I guess
1: yeah Monday evening um probably around about 7.15 uh you can see it on BBC one uh BBC two I think ITD probably are showing it as well as they're going to be showing their live the last match of the round Bracknell town taking on Ipswich town
0: any idea uh when where where it's being held because um if because it was you, me, sometimes, was... you sometimes yeah, get an invite don't you
1: <laughs> I, I have been to some. Um, if it was me, I would take it to Farnborough. I think that's the place to go um, for this round. I think they did Alf Church last time, so I don't think they'd go there twice. So I think I would take it to Farnborough or maybe Chippenham. Um, they're the two choices.
0: Right, we're going to take a look at uh, the National League's North and South now. And Ben and I, being Southern based, we're going to have to have a little bit of a scratch around and, a, um, and do the best job that we can in the National League North. Let's try and get it out the way. Uh, ben, Brackley are top of the National League North. What a run they're on. Um, having made the decision to uh, change their manager, who now finds himself in charge of the team, at the bottom of the league. There's certainly a bit of irony about that. A couple of James Armstrong goals and one from Martin Woods. Uh, Brackley saw off Kettering um, to uh, to go to the top of the... Uh, in fact, they might have already been at the top of the National League North because just behind them are Darlington in second place and they also won um, on Saturday, continuing a, a pretty wretched run for for Kidderminster where, um, for some reason, it's just not happening this season. Uh, Mark Beck with a double for Darlington. Um, any thoughts on Kidderminster, Ben? I mean, they... They are that one of those National League North clubs that you look at and you think, with the setup there, with their history, with the good manager that they've got in charge, they look like a National League side waiting to happen. But it's just not going for them this year.
2: They had that good cup run last year as well, when they almost got played West Ham, didn't they? And they beat Reading. So uh, yeah, they're you know they're sort of mid-table at the moment, are so Only one point off the plough, so it doesn't take. Uh, a lot to get it going in in the National League. We were almost relegated last season. Now we're sort of on a high in the first round replay of the FA Cup and in in fourth place in the league. So it doesn't take long to turn it around.
0: Absolutely. Kings Lynn will have looked on. I mean, they'll be delighted, of course, with their FA Cup win at Doncaster, but they'll have seen, obviously, Brackley and Darlington taking full advantage of their league games on Saturday. Um, And it's those wins that... uh, that uh, pretty much take them above Kingsland, who dropped down to third place. Below them, Scarborough, who are having a quite fantastic first season um, at this level, or back at this level. Uh, They had to be content with a one-all draw away at Leamington on Saturday. Below them, Chester got a 1-0 win against Bradford Park Avenue. Kurt Willoughby on the score sheet for them. And Gloucester City are in sixth place and uh, they were on the end of a 3 0 beating by Spennymoor on Saturday. Glenn Taylor, as ever, on the score sheet, along with Dylan Boyle and Mark Anderson. That brings to an end of a pretty decent run for, for Steve King um, at Gloucester City, or Stephen King, as Dickie tells us he's being referred to um, in his new role. Were you surprised to see Steve King pop up at uh, Gloucester, Ben? Yeah,
2: when. He's had a, a lot of cracks at the National League South, hasn't he? So he's gone to the National League North now, so to see if he can get get uh, a promotion there. But yeah, yeah, he's uh, a, an interesting character, isn't he? There'll be a lot of players used. Um, you know, you, one will turn up one day and you wouldn't have seen him before, then a couple, you know, they'll, they'll go out as soon as they come in. So there'll be a lot of players used, but it'll be an entertaining ride for Gloucester fans. Um, that's for sure. But the problem for him is his playoff hoodoo, isn't it? He can't. He gets teams into the playoffs, but he can't seem to get the luck in the playoffs to get a team through it. He beat us in the semi final with Welling, and then he lost the final to Woking. So, and he's had other problems with Dartford. Remember, they lost uh, to Weymouth, missing all three penalties in the sh- in the playoff final. So, um, he's had uh, some problems with that. But maybe this is all a different league, a bit a different challenge for him, and he can maybe have a better luck in the in the National League North.
0: Yeah, just behind Gloucester comes Southport. They got a 2-1 win on Saturday. They had to wait late for it. They uh, uh, they trailed to a, an Ustabassi goal um, from Chorley. That was a score at half-time, but uh, it was two goals in the last 16 minutes from Jordan Archer that got the job done for Southport. So that keeps them... Champing um, away at uh, the playoff positions. They're just in that final one in seventh place. Alfred in eighth, and they didn't have a game. And a couple of other games to focus on uh, briefly. Uh, Farsley Celtic played Banbury, and uh, Banbury, who had such a strong start to the season, just falling away a little bit, but uh, a huge three points for Farsley Celtic in a pretty cramped relegation zone. They just temporarily on goal difference. Uh, get out of that one. Uh, Butroyd Spencer uh, and Carlton, somebody whose name I can't pronounce. Dickie's not here to to help me. So, uh, well done, Carlton. <laughs> uh, Slavis Spasov with the goal for Bambour United. And then, that just leaves uh, our resident North correspondent, uh, Dickie's Telford, still searching for that win under uh, their new manager. They went down 3-0 at Blythe Spartans in what I'm told were pretty horrendous conditions. Again, uh, Matthew Cornish with a couple of goals for uh, Blythe Spartans. And uh,
2: that was second bottom against bottom as well. It so. was a
0: big game. It was a big, big game. And what it does do, uh, Ben, it leaves Telford cut adrift now. They're seven points behind Blythe, um, who, you know, obviously it would have been one point if they'd won. It was the ultimate six pointer, as you you pointed out. And then it's very tight. Um, Telford on seven points, Blythe on 14, Bradford, Park Avenue on 15, Kettering, Farsley and Boston on 16. And when you look at the likes of um, Kettering and Boston, you have to think they probably have enough to to pull clear. So, you know, for for Telford to be nine or ten points off of a safe position at this stage, it's starting to get critical for them, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, it's very tight down there. Two or three points separating five teams around the bottom. We're always a bit nervous at Chelmsford going that we might have to go in the National League north. I remember Bishop Stortford, which is only about 20 miles down the road, ended up in that division one year, going up to sort of uh, Colwyn Bay and, and up for away games. and, and uh, But we've got Oxford and Braintree just slightly north of us. But if there's a sudden relegation of a load of southern teams in the National League or promotion, I mean, Worthing got relegated... Uh, sorry, got promoted. Weymouth got relegated, so you can't get more southern than that. So um, we're always a bit nervous, but we're we, we're just about in the south in the south, which is crazy, really. <laughs> well,
0: Ben, you've you've moved us nicely from the north to the south and uh, pride of place, and surely a shoo-in for the National League uh, Manager of the Month for October is uh, Alan Dowson at Dartford, who I think won nine out of ten. Games now. They've hit the 40 point mark from just 18 games. Um, and they dispatched previously impressive Braintree 4 1 and did so most impressively themselves because the sign of a good side and potential champions, really, for me, Ben, in the fact that Dartford went down to 10 men, um, but still went on after that to score three more goals Charlie Sheringham Luke Coulson, and then a double. Um, past the 90-minute mark from Samir Carruthers. Um, and, D- and Dartford absolutely flying.
2: Yeah, we haven't played Dartford yet. We've got them on the, um, in December the 3rd at home, which will be a, a big game. Um, a bit of a local rival to us. We've had a, a lot of battles with Dartford over the few, last few years. Obviously, Charlie Sharon's gone back and forth now. Uh, he scored yesterday. That Tom Bonner sent off. Yeah, he's uh he survived a couple of sendings off against Chelmsford, but <laughs> uh, but uh, he managed he got himself a second booking. But uh, yeah, they're doing really well, Dartford. Um, yeah, they've got an experienced manager. One promotion in the level, a couple of times, isn't he? We've, um, got well. He got Hampton. Rich. He got a really, team, really good. Think, history. And, and woken up, didn't he? So um, yeah. yeah. They've, 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 that was a good appointment for uh, for Dartford, and yeah, they've got a, they've played they got knocked out of the cup early, didn't they? So they've got they've played a few more games than everyone else. I think we've got three games in hand on them, but um, but they they've put themselves in a good position.
0: They certainly have. And uh, another team that took full advantage of not being involved in the FA Cup on Saturday was uh, Paul Doswell's haven' and Waterloo Bill. A goal in each half for them from Jake McCarthy and Fal Muhammadu. Saw them pick up three points. And and what that means is that uh, they pull three points clear of your own side, Chelmsford. Um, But uh, you've got a game in hand on them. And as you say, three games in hand on on Dartford. And and obviously the fact that uh, Braintree lost yesterday means that you've got a four-point lead over them in fifth place. You've got to be absolutely delighted with uh, Chelmsford's season so far.
2: Yeah, we we can't, we can't believe where we are really after last year when we had that sort of a ten game uh, run uh, where we didn't win and we had to win two games over Easter to, to stay up, basically, including against Billericay, who ended up going down in the end. Um, and then you know Braintree, the same thing; they were looked almost cut adrift at one point last early on last season. They've they've um, they've done really well with. Similar situation to us, they've got a couple of experienced players in, but a lot of sort of players coming up from the Isthmian League and sort of unproven talent at the National League South level, but they've done well. Um, but yeah, haven't they went below us on last week because they they lost to Ebbsfleet, so they went below us on goal difference, but they've gone back above us now by three points. But yeah, we lost to have 4 3. It's one of our, it's our only home loss this season, so. But you know, they brought Jason Pryor off the bench in that game who scored the winner. So that's the sort of <laughs> the players that they can call on.
0: The other two sides in the National League South playoff positions at the minute are Bath City and St Albans. And they both got away wins on Saturday. St Albans won 3-1 at uh, Slough, who had a man sent off just 24 minutes in, Guy Hollis. Uh, Sean Jeffers with the third of those St Albans goals. Uh, keeping his tally going for the season. And Bath City went to the always difficult challenge of uh, Tunbridge Angels. And they trailed at half-time to a Louis or Lewis Collins goal. And uh, But Daniel Hayfield on 63 minutes and Alex Fletcher on 71 meant that uh, Bath City bounced back well from that uh, midweek defeat against your team.
2: Yeah, they had Alex Fletcher back, who's their sort of other striker with Cody Cook. He was injured in midweek. And they made, they made quite a few changes, Bath There a couple of the players that come on, on the bench. I think Hayfield come off the bench on Tuesday, he started. Um, but, yeah, the, Tunbridge, that's a, a one loss away. So they, they played well. They've got some experienced players coming. Jay Saunders, obviously, is a manager that's done well with Maidstone in the past. And, um, at the National League South level, he's brought some good players in. So they're, they're doing a lot better this season. And St Albans, you mentioned as well, they won 6-0 last in midweek. So they've had some week two wins away from home when they could hardly score a goal earlier in the season. It's part of the reason Neil Anderson left, but uh, caretaker manager, he's still caretaker. Surely he's got, to, he's got to be given the job, David Noble now.
0: You would have thought so, wouldn't you? Uh, Worthing started the season like a house on fire at this level, but uh, of late they've had too many draws and, uh, They had another one of those draws, albeit away at Hungerford Town on Saturday. And uh, uh, just looking a little bit further down the table, you see Tunbridge themselves, even despite that home defeat, uh, they uh, still sit just three points outside the playoffs. So a little bit like last season, there's teams down 11th, 12th, 13th that will still feel even down to 16th, 17th, 18th. 19th, Farmer, 17 points, still just six points off of the playoffs. And then after that, you go to Chippenham, who are one outside the uh, relegation positions. So um, it's a bit bonkers, really, when you look at it. Talking of uh, mid-table, two of those sides, Dulwich and Hampton and Richmond met in what looks like it was a bit of a cracker. Um, Dulwich uh, forged their way into a two-goal lead. Nana Owusu and Danny Mills with the goals for them. Alfie Whittingham Pulled one back um, just before uh, half time for Hampton and Richmond, and then when uh, Krasnick, Krasnicki got sent off um, again just before half time, you would have wondered at that stage if Hampton and Richmond might get something out of that. They got level with Louis Fernandez, but a Nana Awusu penalty in the 90th minute meant that ten man uh, Dulwich hung on for all three points or grasped all three points right at the.
2: Yes, neither team we've played so far this season, Dulwich or Hampton, um, that we've got Dulwich in a, in a mid-week game. Um, so not a great uh, piece of scheduling by the fixture computers. Going to the middle of London on a t- Tuesday night—that's—it's <laughs> uh, always a difficult place to go, Dulwich. But we won—we won there last season. But you, know, you battle back from 2 0 down, and then you give a last-minute penalty away. It's a bit—must be a bit sickening for. Gary McCann in charge of Hampton, especially as I said, they got beats heavily in midweek by St Albans. Um, and they've got to be careful not to sort of get dragged down into the sort of relegation battle with the sort of you know, back-to-back defeats.
0: That's it. One other game to look at. Eastbourne Borough. They've got a nice, solid home win. 3-0 against Chesson, Um And Charlie Walker on the score sheet there, as he uh, so often is. Uh, for Eastbourne Borough. That's it for this week. Um, been a bit of pleasure to have you on, Ben. Um, all the best for the replay in uh, 10 days or so, or, or uh, maybe eight
2: days. Yeah, we've got two league games scheduled before then, such as our fixture condition at the moment, Monday against Dover, which um, the weather's been horrendous, so maybe we could get a nice postponement to give us a bit of a rest there, but... Uh, <laughs> But we've definitely got Hampton next Saturday. After that, before Barnet, so our manager will have to stop talking about, start ignoring Barnet again, <laughs> like he was beforehand.
0: Well, brilliant. Good luck to for that one when it comes around, and for Chelmsford continued success this season in the National League South. That's it for this week, listeners. Um, thanks uh, again for listening in. Do subscribe to us if you can, so you'll automatically get this podcast sent through. Uh, to you I'm sure Luke will be back in the hosting hot seat next week but uh, it's been a pleasure for myself Rob Worrell hosting this weekend thanks to our other guest as well Phil Annett and uh, we'll speak to you all again very soon